Welcome back, everybody, to episode 54 of The Baby Mamas. In case you forgot who we are, I'm Angie. <laughs> and I'm Jackie. And Jackie's pregnant and I had a baby. Yeah, we're still here, kind of. <laughs> we just had the most disgusting interaction <laughs> with a fucking intruder in our house. You're <laughs> <laughs> so dramatic. Okay. First of all. I'm afraid of spiders. And and apparently I think I'm afraid of stuff that has lots of legs. It seems like that cuz this is what like a centipede millipede millipede you have to I guess it was a millipede. But Maybe. <laughs> I just looked over and noticed our cat like, "Oh, what's that?" like chasing it but not trying to do anything. I'm like, "Can you kill this?" like that is like one part of the reason we have cats. And then I grabbed our other cat and was like, you kill it. And he was just like, oh, hello. And was just like sniffing it. And, and, then, it- and then Angie freaked out, <laughs> jumped on it, <laughs> screamed like a little bitch. <laughs> it only half killed it. It was like two inches long, you guys. It was fucking disgusting. Oh, my God. And then threw a paper plate on it and jumped on it again because she didn't actually kill it the first time because it was too gross. Because I half stepped on it and I felt underneath my slipper like a crunch crunch. And I knew that it was going to be like crunch, 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 like more because it has so many segments to its body because it's fucking sick. And I couldn't do it. So then I needed to have some sort of barrier between my slipper and the millipede body before I could finish it off. That's just cruel. It just sat there like wiggling half of its body while the other half was like. Well, don't squished. trespass on my property, motherfucker. <laughs> and then she tries to tell me what? Whatever. You're afraid of mice. Okay. So different. Yeah. Mice are cute mm. and cuddly. Cu- full of disease and totally disgusting. They are full of disease. And will run up your leg. I can't, I can't you even think talk about a it. millipede won't run up your leg. Spiders crawl in your mouth when you sleep, and in your ears. Maybe in your mouth. Uh, no, because I sleep with my mouth <laughs> like clamped shut. <laughs> yeah, and you're the mouth breather, so yeah. you've probably eaten so many fucking spiders. Mmm, yum. You're disgusting. <laughs> I want a divorce. <laughs> Anyways, our cats are fucking useless. <laughs> Ugh, let's get rid of them. I was like, seriously, guys, like. How often do you get the chance to kill anything in this apartment? Never. So, except for our souls on a daily basis. <laughs> Every single day, I tell Sterling to go and look for ooh spots. And she walks around the apartment and she'll, I can hear her while I'm in the bathroom usually, going, <laughs> And then I come out and I first, usually I will find some sort of puke spot or hairball. Hairball. Sometimes one of our cats likes to do it on our dining room table. It's really fucking special. They're just the fucking best. Ugh. Anyway. Daily regret. This is a podcast about pregnancy and lesbianism. <laughs> Not millipedes and, and cats. cats. Actually, same thing. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, so I'm 26 weeks pregnant. And I feel more like a person. No, you guys, no. I got an IUD put in. Let's, okay, we'll talk about you later. Okay. <laughs> okay. I had an IUD put in. I chose to get an IUD because I don't want my periods anymore. Angie gets really, really bad period pain, like up in the middle of the night puking from pain kind of pain. So now she's just like... I've done the thing I wanted. I had a baby. Now, done. Don't need it anymore. Yeah. And my period came back. Well, we talked about the horrificness of my period coming back on yeah. the day that Sterling turned six months, which is like the earliest it can come back. So my period was just like, ha ha, gotcha, motherfucker. 
So, uh, it's come. It's been kind of irregular, but the last time it came back, it was starting to get painful again because I actually had a little bit of relief. Like the past few periods, it was just it was there. It was heavy, but it wasn't painful, and I was like, I could deal with this. Mm-hmm. This is manageable. But then the last time, I was like exhausted and I couldn't parent because I was just so tired and I was like, and you're still still picking up some slack because I'm still not yeah and I was like this is yeah. bullshit I don't need this mm-hmm. fucking thing so mm-hmm. my friend our friend has an IUD and she never gets her period so I was like oh I want that this is a hormonal IUD obviously if any of you care yeah. or need to know that it's Marina and so Marina not Marina Marina is a friend of ours. Marina is what it's called. No, Marina's inside me. <laughs> <laughs> she never, she will never listen to this. No, that's won't. too bad. It's fine. Um, that would be really funny if she did. Just with her arms out <laughs> at the top of my cervix. <laughs> I'm keeping it at bay. Uh, so I get the prescription, pick it up, get the appointment to go and get it put in. And they call me and they say, okay, yeah, you have an appointment with Dr. Ewan. And I immediately thought, because I'm racist, oh, it's like an ancient Chinese doctor. He's going to be like 700 years old. Uh, And then I thought for a second about asking for a female doctor, which today I was talking about with my friend. She was like, always ask for a female doctor. What's wrong with you? I... Damn it. Your turn. Sterling break. All right. That took... Sorry about that. That took a long time. Um, so, back to your. I think I was uterus. talking about the doctor, and yeah. I was saying that I was racist. Yes, you. So are. they said it was doctor so and so, and I was like, oh, it's gonna be like an ancient Chinese doctor, and then I was like, hey Angie, don't stereotype based on a name. So I was like, okay, it's gonna be fine. Doesn't matter. Oh yeah, and then I was saying my friend was saying, always ask for a female doctor, and I felt like I couldn't for whatever reason. I just didn't. Okay. You don't. You have a thing about questioning like authority situations, but I would never. I I don't. Okay, this is gonna sound racist because of. Did I ask you? I my family doctor growing up was like my grandma's doctor, my mom's doctor, like our whole family doctor, and he was an old Asian man. <laughs> so when I started having issues, get down. Okay. Anyway, so once I started, ha- I started having like issues with my period when I was in college. It was, I was getting it like every two weeks and whatever. And then he, I just could not, I couldn't like get my head around him doing a pelvic exam on me. <laughs> and then I was like, oh yeah, I don't want to have an old man doctor. <laughs> it has actually really nothing to do with the fact that he was Asian. Just the fact that he was an old guy that had like been my p- mom and grandma's doctor and that I just didn't. I don't know. I don't feel comfortable with a male doctor. Yeah. So I think it's important to advocate for your own. I do. I feel. I feel. Shut down by male doctors often. Like I feel as though I can't really articulate myself enough, and like uh, my problems are stupid. Like I immediately will just be like, "Oh, I'm sure I'm fine. Never mind," and just escape. Mind you, that being said, our fertility doctor was a man, and I. But he was like very outgoing, and he was kind of. He was young. He was young. He was, he made me feel very comfortable. Yeah, but. But he was also. This is probably like, been socialized into us. He was also in this like, authority position of like I'm gonna get you pregnant. I know how to do it. I'm like this savior kind of thing. So he was a man in that position were probably like, yes, sir, of course you can, because men do everything. No, I think, honestly, he just made me comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, after we met with him the first time, I was comfortable around him. He's younger. He's kind of metrosexual, I guess I would say. Um, but he was like, I don't know. I don't know if that um, scenario with my, like, old GP was, like, because he was old or because I had known him since I was a kid or what like he retired not that long after I stopped going to see him mm-hmm. um but he was really old school too like you want a doctor that I don't know that understand that's like sex positive that's like you know comfortable with the fact that you're gay that's kind of a big deal when you're yeah anyway anyway so 
I go to the appointment and I walk into the office. Well, first of all, actually, this woman's like, I needed to do a pregnancy test. And she's like, and I was, and I first thought, okay, fine, I'll just do it. Like, even though I know there's no chance that I'm pregnant. Mm -hmm. But then actually I was like, oh, I can't pee. Like I just peed before I left because I didn't want to have to pee when he was putting it in. Mm -hmm. And she's like, can you go? And I was like, no, I can't. But actually I really don't think I need it. Like I have, I don't sleep with men. I'm only with women. Mm-hmm. And she stared at me, like, blankly for a second. And I said, I only sleep with women. And I repeated myself. She goes, oh, okay. You might want to tell him that. And just, like, took me to the office and left. I was like, okay. And I walked into this room. And I saw this little man. I swear to God. In his 80s. <laughs> Jesus. With one, with very <laughs> droopy eyelids. And one eyelid, extra droopy, that it was, like, <laughs> flopping over his eye. Like, kind of, you know those dogs? I don't okay, know. Sharpays? Yeah. So, like, like with, he couldn't see properly out of one eye is what you're saying. Yes. Because his eyelid, eyelid. was flopping over his okay. eyeball. My grandma had, like, eyelid surgery to, like, lift her eyelids because that happens when you get older. Okay. Well, and maybe she's in he her should 80s, get this so surgery. that's interesting. Because he needs his eyeballs can i just say you never mentioned any of this to me like beforehand you didn't tell me that your doctor was a man man and i probably would have said if you had talked to me about it i would have like helped you advocate for yourself to say actually i feel more comfortable with a female doctor this is what you have a wife for oh yeah yeah tell me because you would have just told me call them back and ask for a female doctor but also they had called me and been like if you don't call us one week before and tell us that you are accepting this appointment, then we're going to drop you and charge you $100. And then they never call me. Like, they were just this very strict doctor's office mm. that I felt like I couldn't fuck with them. So I thought that if I was like, I want a female doctor, I didn't even know if they had one. They might not even have one. Then they'd be like, okay, well, then you have to wait another three months. Or, all right, we're going to charge you $100 and then a $50 processing fee or something. You know what I mean? Like, they were just... Mm-hmm bitchy every single time i talk to them Hmm. anyway i think you just have issues with doctors honestly i don't have issues this shit happens to me no but you also don't feel like rgp hears you out and you don't feel like you you don't love rgp either no (laughs) do you think she hears me out i think you have a hard time articulating yourself which is why i try to be there with you because you can't seem to get words out to her anyway i'm not finished my story about the <laughs> floppy eye doctor oh my God. Oh. so i'm like oh for fuck's sakes and his glasses are i'm not even kidding you half an inch thick <laughs> <laughs> and he asks asks me some questions and whatever else and then he's like now do you have any questions for me and i said yeah i was just wondering about like the chances of breast cancer with this hormone IUD uh, my mom had breast cancer and he's like okay what age did your mom have breast cancer blah 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 and he's like well let's see what it says and he pulls out the pamphlet from the IUD that I had already read and his eyes are so bad that he can't even read it he's like looking through he's like oh and I can tell that he's like really struggling to look that does not inspire confidence. No. And then eventually I'm like, well, it just said, and I kind of repeated to him what it said on the flyer, which was like, oh, we didn't find anything, but also it was only one study, so who knows kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> and like, I was like, cool, so I just answered right. my own question. Thanks. All right. And then he asked me if I wanted to do like a gonorrhea or a chlamydia test, and I was like, no. Uh, and he's like, okay, well, then we can get started. And then he stands up. Did you tell him that you didn't need to do a pregnancy test because you're No, gay? he didn't ask. Oh. So. Okay. <laughs> it was just the nurse that asked, and then I was going to tell him if he asked, but he didn't. Hmm. So then he stands up, and he's, like, two feet tall, and then he, <laughs> like, limps out of the room. Like, his body is falling apart. He probably died the next day. And so he, like, hobbles out of the room and <laughs> closes the door, and I'm like, oh, my God, do I go through this? Is this going to be like how my if uterus If you can't gets read perforated? a pamphlet, is he going to be able to put the IUD in past my cervix 
and not perforate my uterus yeah oh yeah and then I also asked him I forgot about this I asked him how often uteruses get perforated um which is a very valid question when getting an IUD yeah and he said well I've been putting these in for 40 years and it's only happened to me once and I was like okay and I was talking about this with my friend today and she was Mm -hmm. like you know what he should have said was not often Mm -hmm. not often at all Mm mm-hmm Rather than tell me that he's done it before, because I don't want to be number two, motherfucker, mm. and I would rather it been zero. Yeah. So then... Also, you don't know how... Just because he's been doing it for 40 years doesn't mean he's doing doing it every day or, like, consistently for 40 years. Like, that could have been one out of five. Who knows? Yeah. His first one was 40 years ago, and this is his second one. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so he come... He, I'm just like, okay, I guess I'm just doing this. I'm just going to do this. So then he comes back and he's like, okay, I'm just going to put, he puts the speculum in and he's like, I'm just going to put some iodine on your cervix. And I'm like, okay. He's like, I can't find the iodine. Where is the iodine? He's like, I'm sorry. I just am going to go back and get the iodine. And he like shuffles out of the room and he comes back and then he's like, oh, look at that. And he shows me that there had been a bottle of iodine right in fucking in front of him and then he like laughs about it and i'm like that's not funny mm. you're about to put something up my cervix which i think is pretty small mm-hmm. i know i had a baby but i think it <laughs> probably went back to being pretty tiny mm-hmm. and you can't see a huge bottle of iodine that's mm. like the size of a grande cup from starbucks mm-hmm. uh okay so then he does the procedure it's fine it didn't feel any different than getting an IUI, and it was over. It was funny because we were talking about it beforehand, and she was like, oh, like, people say it hurts and blah, 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 and, like, all this stuff. And I'm like, but did those people have a baby? Because <laughs> if you've already had a baby, I can't imagine that hurting more. And, and that's what he said, too. Yeah. He said that it's easier to do when you've had a baby. Mm. So. So it was Whatever. fine. You were a little worried, but it actually was was fine, even though he didn't inspire much confidence at all. Yeah, so then after it was all done, he's like, okay, so here's some tissues, and he hands me a Kleenex box. He's like, you can clean yourself up, and then there's some, do you feel, do you want some wet, there's a wet, there's some wet wipes over here. Do you want these? And I look, and I've worked in healthcare before, so I could see that they were cavi wipes, which are these extremely strong wipes like caustic that are meant to disinfectant kill, yeah kill everything they're to like get rid of like aids and hiv and ebola and on surfaces not on bodies and it says all over it do not use on human skin like it's <laughs> it has a big oh red do not like, use on here's human a skin. lysol wipe put that on your vagina <laughs> no here's a lysol wipe on steroids <laughs> yeah, put it on your yeah. vagina oh man and i'm like no that's okay i'm i'm okay with just the just the the Kleenex and then I was thinking like oh my god are are there women who've taken these wet wipes and then used them on their vaginas and then left this place and then gotten some fucking horrible yeast infection you would get the worst yeast infection because those things would kill every good bacteria your in your vagina entire... would just dry up and oh. turn to dust I swear Oof. oy so so it's uh, a miracle you made out made it out of there without a yeast infection or a perforated uterus is that what you're saying yeah and then I get up after a little while and i can see that he's like spilled iodine all over the fucking place (laughs) there's like drops of iodine all over the floor all over like the end of the bed and i was just like what the fuck was he doing wow it went in fine but Mm. it's it was terrifying Mm. for a very short period of time and then uh Oh, yeah, he, like, cut the strings because there's, like, strings that dangle out. He, like, cut them, and then he's like, "This is these are the strings, so here. And he hands them to me, like, the ones that he'd cut off, mm-hmm. just so you know what they feel like. I'm like, okay, and I feel them, and then he just, like, leaves, and I'm just holding these strings. I'm like, the fuck are you supposed to do? keep these? Mm-hmm. Take them home with me? No. <laughs> Obviously, it was just a reference, but still. Anyway, I- that was my experience and then I harrowing had some... harrowing experience harrowing, at the this also made me think like why don't we have a gynecologist we only have a general practitioner because our gp was like well i don't do these like enough to to put this in for you and we're like oh right but i guess it's hard to get a gynecologist i think you just need to be referred to one for some sort of special reason yeah 
We don't have any vagina problems, I guess. No. <sighs> well. Anyway, that was about me. So now we can talk about Jackie's pregnancy. <laughs> if anyone cares. It's not that What's dramatic. What's happening with your vagina? My vagina? Uh, there's a baby in it. There's not in my vagina. <laughs> there's definitely a baby in my uterus. Yes. It kicks me all the time. Um, I don't know if we talked about this, but we are choosing not to find out the baby's sex. People always call it the gender. I'm like, that's a social construct. That's not a thing you can find out by science. But okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> are you going to do a gender reveal? No. No. Because no. I don't have time for this conversation with every fucking person that doesn't know the difference between gender and sex. Which apparently is like everyone. Yeah. We need more woke people in our life. <laughs> Ugh. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, But it's cool because we actually have the baby's name picked out and I was saying this um recently that I feel like it's really awesome to have to be able to think of the baby as a person with this name but without a gender attached to that like there's no construct attached it's just person you know baby George it's obviously not George but um I don't know it's just different it's a it's an interesting like way of it's like thinking a about thought the baby. experiment. Yeah, of. yeah. Because you're thinking about it as a person instead of as like, oh, my little son or my little daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the pregnancy is getting better. I'm less sick. I have a bit more energy. Um, but then now there's like, because I'm like getting closer to the third trimester, so things are getting more uncomfortable. So I've had back pain. It's hard to get a comfortable spot sleep to sleep in. Um... So that's been a bit of a challenge. I still, I'm, I'm off work. Like I'm on a medical leave now because of how sick I was. And I really don't think that this pregnancy would allow for me to do the shift work that I do. No. It wasn't um, working out. was not conducive to me being like a healthy human being and taking care of this baby. So it's good that I'm off work, but it's weird. <laughs> like I still sleep. I, I nap with Sterling every day, which is really helpful. Um, cause I don't, I still don't have a ton of energy. Um, but I'm like able to like clean the house a bit, like do more things that feel like regular person things. So it's, it's nice to have some of that stuff back. I feel like a bit more like myself, but yeah, the, the belly is like getting pretty big. And the last couple of days I kept saying that I felt like my vagina was going to fall out, <laughs> not fall out, but like just. It's that feeling of, like, I was riding a horse all day yesterday and I'm just sore. You know, sore. when you ride a horse all day, <laughs> the next day you're like, oh, my vagina. I mean, or even, I guess, yeah, I don't know. It just was, like, sore. Like, I just felt like I wanted to hold it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been interesting and uncomfortable. Um, what else? I got a massage for the first time since being pregnant and it was heavenly because my back has been really sore and it prompted me to finally deal with the hairiest legs I've ever had in my life. <laughs> it was it was it was ridiculous. I was like trying to get I I used like an epilator on my legs and I was like, "Oh my god, like my leg hair has never been this long." And it was it just like was such a to do to get all of the hair removed and I was like sweating because I think the pain or I don't know maybe I just like happened to also be having a hot flash or something but like yeah it was um and then I made a point of being like there's nothing wrong with my legs but can you just rub them because I (laughs) removed the hair from them just for you with an epilator which just rips them out of their hair sockets what are those called follicles follicles hair sockets (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Anyway, um, Sterling and I have been going to um, a bunch of classes. So she's got a music class and a gymnastics class. And um, Angie takes her to swim class on the weekends. Mm-hmm. So that's been really fun. It's been a different kind of experience to have with her. It's really nice to like be able to do that with her now and like take her out where she can like play with other kids and she can learn different things and have like enriching experiences um but she gets sick every time oh we have literally been sick all year yeah we got sick from um a friend's we think we think from a friend's kid on new year's eve 
And, and it's never gone away. Sterling and I have not been able to get rid of the cough. And she's had a runny nose for like ever. Yeah. It's and it's hard to bad. tell if it's the same cold or if she's like getting new ones. But I am really fucking tired of having to force the poor kid to get her nose wiped because she's just done with it. And her nose is all red and raw. Oh, I know. She's and one she... of those kids with a snotty nose all the time. I always thought, like, never my kid. <sighs> but there's nothing you can do. This yeah. is, I mean, I know it's, like, part of the deal that they have to develop an immune system, but it's fucking torture because we're also trying to do some sleep training um, before the baby comes so that there's not this, like... That's right, everybody. Sleep training at 17 months. We have always tried to make <laughs> her sleep better, but this kid is just, I don't know, man. This is just, she sleeps like you. She got her terrible sleep patterns from you, and we have been fighting against it her whole life. And it has incrementally gotten better, but it's just the slowest, longest process. And having this fucking chest cough that wakes her up a million times a night is making it so much harder. Yeah, so now I sleep in the spare room because well, I was for putting... this for this week. Yeah. This is not but a permanent was, shift. It's like a vacation. It's a sleep vacation. That's what. So we actually started <laughs> having the spare room as an option when I was like, fuck, like I was getting woken up. I was waking Sterling up. Sterling was waking me up. Everybody was fucking miserable. And I just felt like I wasn't able to not sleep. Like sometimes I would actually just sleep on the couch because I was like, fuck this. It's easier. Even though it was very uncomfortable. Um I felt like guilty about not sleeping in bed with you because then I was like, then she has to do all the wake ups, but you did anyway. Yeah. Right? Because she's sleeping next to you. And I don't know. I, anyway, Ange basically gave me permission to go sleep in the spare room and it was heaven <laughs> to just have. And like, that was the other thing. I was getting a lot more uncomfortable and there wasn't enough space for me and my sleep pillow and all the pillows that I need to try and like <laughs> prop up different parts of my body to try and be comfortable in bed so having like a whole bed to myself was glorious and then things were getting worse with sterling she was waking up more she was like asking for boobs in the middle of the night constantly and so we finally were just like fuck let's just why don't we see if we switch if it'll make a difference and it wasn't just that she was like asking for boobs it was like me and her wrestling, mm -hmm. her trying to grab, reach down my shirt, pull up my shirt, me laying her back down, her sitting back up, grabbing yeah. at my shirt, like putting her face in my boobs and me just like trying to get her off of me. Yeah. And this would happen uh, every 10 minutes from 5 a.m. until 6 a.m. Mm -hmm. And she would have like a big wake up around three where she would cry and scream for like 10, 15 minutes. Uh, and then she would usually wake up around 11 and cry. So it was just like... 11 p.m. Yeah. It was you just did that like backwards. I know. I was thinking... Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it was just ridiculous that mm -hmm. she couldn't just lay down and stay asleep. Because there's no... Re like, she's 17 months old. She should not need to breastfeed in the middle of the night. She eats solid foods. Like, And I think it it's what's made all of this challenging is that at the... Over the holidays, did we talk about this? I can't even remember how long ago our last podcast was. Anyway, over the holidays, Andrew was like, "Okay, I'm starting sleep training. I'm gonna st I'm gonna wean her at night. She's not gonna be breastfeeding at least in between eleven and six. And she started that because she knew it would be a struggle because Sterling is fucking attached, like seriously attached to the boobs. Um, so it would give her like a chance to sort of just, you know, not be completely sleep deprived and have to go to work. Um. And it started off okay, but then she got sick. So we were like, it's just been this like roller coaster of like trying to make changes, it kind of having some positive effects, and then her being sick again, and it just yeah. throwing things off. So because she was really sick, like fever sick, and mm -hmm. wasn't eating all day. So then I was like, oh, and I'm not gonna breastfeed her at night when she's probably she needs to she's be hydrated. Like, yeah, she needs some sort of sustenance. So mm -hmm. then it and yeah, comfort totally threw everything off. It was ridiculous. And then for a while we were having success with her being put to bed in the crib and she would stay in her crib like next to the bed until you know three ish in the morning usually and then you'd bring her into bed and then not breastfeed her until about six and that was going okay but then 
she got sicker again and then we decided and then she just started losing it in yeah. her crib and she was and then and she was sick so she was just like freaking out in her crib like screaming and crying and she was sick so i think we were both kind of like she's fucking sick let's just let her be in the bed and yeah. maybe because we obviously we did cave we fully caved because we were like she needs to get better it's more important for her to get healthy than it is for us to like fix her sleeping issues right now yeah it's just been really fucking frustrating anyway so then the last thing we changed this is the other problem is that her being sick throws things off and then we are like maybe we should do it like this instead <laughs> so now we're like not Angie's not breastfeeding her right before she goes to sleep so that there's that sleep attachment or that sleep association is being broken also it gets her riled up it does she gets she like loves breastfeeding mm, so much she gets a little crazed she gets so nice they're like her long lost friends when she sees them and she mm. like laughs and she talks to them and she like <laughs> switches to the other one and then she's like no I'm gonna come back to you and goes back to the right one and then wants to like touch the left one and I like try to like keep her from like twisting my nipples now but it's crazy I've never seen this is like kid. I've never I've never I've been around a lot of people with kids and I've never seen this kind of thing but the advice I have for anyone who's breastfeeding is do not let them play or use the other breast that they're not bre- like one at a time and that is it you always let her like play with your other boob as like a comfort measure while she was breastfeeding and it has come back it I has did seriously not come to bite you in the ass like yeah i did not realize the monster that i was creating when i because you at the time i was like i don't care mm-hmm. like whatever fine it like makes her happy to like mm-hmm. but now it's been like you haven't let her you've been trying to stop her from playing with your other nipple for months and she's since before christmas she still won't she let still go of it. goes for it yeah all the time and that was part of why i would have to roll over and sleep on my stomach so that my boobs were like inaccessible mm-hmm. from her in the middle of the night and, and she this would just is, sit there and scream and cry and, and this is why we were like my boobs this is pointless like mm-hmm. nobody's this co-sleeping is not working and that's why we we're trying to get her out of the bed but then you decided that we needed to stop having her breastfeed to sleep. So then we did that. And then it was like, oh, well, now we're having her fall asleep in the bed again. Ugh. Because it's like you have to. You can't change all, everything. All of the sleep training books say you can't initiate like five things at once. Mm-hmm. So we had to like backpedal on a few things to be like, OK, let's stop the breastfeeding to sleep. Let's stop the like nipple thing. Let's stop the association with me mm-hmm. and get you to put her to sleep. Mm-hmm. You're there all night. She's not breastfeeding me to sleep. Let's get that, like, as the foundation, and then we can go about getting her back into her crib. Yeah. So it's it's, it's actually ridiculous. going pretty well. She, over the course of the week, it's been hard because her cough was really bad the lot, like, first few nights of the week, and you were really, you were sick at the beginning of the week, too. Yeah. Um, Sterling has never watched much TV. Like, I would say she's probably cumulatively in her life watched an hour of tv something like that like like very, since she was very, born very little and then i got sick and jackie like is pregnant and can't do anything half the time either and i was like well you know what a little tv is not gonna bother her and we mm. watched so much it wasn't like objectively because i couldn't much, do anything for her it was a lot yeah. i was in so much pain i was we just only watched there, puffin like, rock Ugh. which is the cutest show ever and, like, very chill and not scary at all. But, yeah, she watched, like, four episodes or something. Not all at once, but over, like, a few days. Anyway. um, Yeah, so I've been with her all week. And she just doesn't... She doesn't ask for breasts because she knows that there's no chance of getting them from me. She has, and I. she's not doing it anymore. Well... She does it every so often. Tries to stick her hand down my shirt. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, no, I'm not letting you go there. I know what this is going to lead to. So um, sometimes I have to sleep with my like hands over my chest or it it helps if I have like a high necked shirt on. <laughs> God. I know. It's this ridiculous. This is insane. All the people who <clears throat> are against co-sleeping are like, this is why. Yeah, this they're is a, totally yeah. just like sitting there thinking, uh-huh. Yeah, you could have avoided all of this if you just put her in her crib. The thing is, this kid would not have gone to her crib. Like, I think eventually, here's the thing. I think the way she is built biologically and her sleep issues, 
I don't think it would ever have been a smooth transition to her crib no matter when we did it. Mm -hmm. It probably would have been easier when she was less of a toddler and more of a baby, I think, because there's less of like a will involved there. It's just like, okay, I guess I have to accept this eventually. She's very stubborn. So we we have given ourselves some extra challenges, I think, Mm -hmm. but we didn't know. You know, we were just trying to do what we could. And we did try when she was younger to do the like, no cry sleep solution thing because I don't like crying it out. I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it's healthy. Um, personally, we decided that it wasn't something we were going to do. Um, but she, we could never get her to the point where she was sleepy but not asleep to put her in the crib and get her to fall asleep without being in her arms. Like she just. I did that once for an hour and a half. Yeah. It was ridiculous. I, she would be heavy lidded, her eyes almost like rolling back in her head head. i would put her down and it was like someone had just tased her remember how she used to do that leg arm kicking thing she would suddenly be like and you'd pick her up again and i did it i was like sweating i had to take my shirt off because i was getting Mm -hmm. so hot from like rocking her for so long and finally i was like this is fucking stupid yeah we were making ourselves crazy trying to get her there and we also were like having to like put her in the ergo and like bounce on a ball for like 45 fucking minutes to get that kid to sleep like i like sleep has always been a challenge for her so we have done a lot (laughs) and it's it's working it's going somewhere now oh my god do you remember when we were in australia (laughs) everyone thought we were fucking nuts and we're like listen (laughs) you try it like it's not us it's her she is difficult like I, as much as it's been a struggle, I still am glad that that's how it was because, um, because they're like, if we, if you had to choose an issue for your kid to have, I feel like the trade-off was okay. Cause she's a really pleasant kid. She's super easygoing when we go out. She's like really pleasant. She doesn't have tantrums. She's not like. Even if she's had a bad night, she's still super happy. In the yeah. Morning. So, like, I, I'm kind of like, if that's the thing we have, if that's the struggle, because, like, every fucking kid has something. Every kid has some issue that their parent, like, loses their mind about. And and now that we're kind of on, it's not, we're not on the other side of it. I'm sure we're going to be dealing with this, like, issue for a long time with her. Um, and maybe if your parents had, like, done different things with you, you would be a better sleeper now you know like I think we're going to set her up to be a healthy sleeper eventually but it's going to take a lot of time um I still think think it's like it's okay I can I feel like we can live with it we've managed Mm -hmm. as frustrating as it's been and I'm like so sure that the baby inside of me is going to be a better sleeper because my family sleeps man we are sleepers so I'm hoping it's just not the issue we have yeah and going back to co-sleeping, too, I still am a huge compo- component, no. no, proponent yeah, yes. of it. <laughs> I still think it's good. I still, like, love sleeping next to her and, like, yeah. sniffing her when she's sleeping and, like, looking at her and, like, it's such oh, a, it's, it's such so a, like, cozy and bonding nice. thing. It's yeah. really, I mean, totally that, worth it. Totally worth it. I know it sounds like a crazy thing to do, but it's honestly, like, we're mammals. We're meant to sleep together. Mm-hmm. that's how we're like built biologically but i also really love sleeping in the bed by myself <laughs> yeah now now that you've been like sleep deprived for 17 months oh you're God. like i go in there and i'm like oh it's quiet i can like roll around mm-hmm. i can like do things i sleep and then i wake up and it's morning it's not like oh i've been asleep for two hours oh i've been asleep for three hours mm-hmm. oh i only have an hour left of sleep yeah it's awesome it's not forever, bitch. <laughs> I'm getting my sleep vacation back because I need it. Because seriously, the first... You know what I think we should do after we get this scenario cemented in? We should like... So like in every a, other night. In a year or two? Every other night. No, every other yeah. night. Like it's my sleep vacation night, your sleep vacation night. We'll switch. Yeah, eh? I don't know. As I get more pregnant, I think it'll probably just be more me. <laughs> you got to sleep however you needed to when you were pregnant because we did not have a baby or a toddler at that time. Think about that. Just think about that. 
You took over like three quarters of the bed when you were pregnant. I have like a tiny sliver at the side of the bed. Anyway, we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. We'll get there. But the struggle is fucking real. Yeah. The beginning of the week was so hard for me. Being sleep deprived when you're pregnant is like another experience altogether. I was honestly like before nap time was like nodding out on the couch, like trying to read her story and being like, oh, hi, <laughs> like thankfully she was sick too because she wasn't like wasn't running around doing crazy yes slapping was, you in the face she wasn't hitting me in the face she was just like mom mom and she would like kind of put her hand on my shoulder or whatever did she think it was funny uh, she thought it was a game i think which is good <laughs> but she was like very low-key thankfully because she was sick at the beginning of the week too but it was just like fuck man I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, is this like dangerous parenting right now? Because <laughs> I could fall asleep at any second. Thankfully, it was just and that's like the time Sterling runs to the kitchen and turns on all the elements, which she's fully capable of doing. Um, ow, sorry, I'm really my hip is killing me. I gotta, ah. Um, it's gotten better now. We're like sleeping better, and her cough is kind of. I'm not saying it's going away because it's probably never going away. She's going to have this cough for the rest of her fucking life. <laughs> but it's getting better. Mm-hmm. Last night we had a good sleep. Yeah. And I only have to get through the morning until nap time and then I can like survive. So. Yeah. I don't well, know. That's... I don't know how interesting any of that was for people. Mm-hmm. Well, you're 26 weeks. The baby is the size of a bowling pin. A bowling pin. I haven't even looked at this. <laughs> it's so funny. Your second kid, you're just like, eh, whatevs. It'll happen. It's fine. I it, I think it's really interesting to compare the, like, approach to pregnancy. I think it – maybe I would have been more anxious if I was the first one to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. But I am not worried about anything. <laughs> like, anything to do with this baby. I'm just like, eh, the baby's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Like, yeah. you were really stressed about a lot of different things. Like, I wasn't worried about the gen- genetic testing. I wasn't concerned about, like, any of this stuff is, like, really not. I'm just like, yeah, it's fine. I just need to, like, survive through this pregnancy. Yeah. Well, you're just, like, a more even-keeled person. Yeah, that's true. I'm not, I'm not as anxious just in general, but I still think part of the reason I can be so relaxed is because I've been through all of it with you and yeah. seen it you know yep yeah maybe i'm just like arrogant and taking everything for granted i don't know but all of my tests have come back perfectly normal everything's healthy as far as we can tell so you did the diabetes test that i didn't do yeah i did the gd test because i mean i have some more risk risk factors than Ange does i have diabetics in my family like my mom my uncle my grandma are all diabetic um and i'm i guess i would be classified as overweight um, and I'm a little tiny bit older than you were when you were pregnant. So all of those things was like, well, and because I've just been so sick, they were like, well, I can't, it's, it's probably a good idea to rule it out. So mm-hmm. I did that and that was actually kind of miraculous because I was like, you are one, don't fucking look at me like that. Um, because I, for some reason, like, I know you have to go in, you have to drink this like gross orange sugary drink. And then wait an hour and then they take your blood. But I didn't think I had to sit in the office the whole time. And they told me I did. So I got there with like a, a toddler and was like, oh, fuck. Because I thought we were going to like go and do some errands and then come back. And they said I had to stay there. And I was like, oh, I don't have toys. I don't have anything to like keep her entertained. And she just like was fine. Just sitting and waiting for almost an entire hour. I Like, this is what I mean about this kid, that I'm like, if this is your problem, that you suck at sleeping, but everything else is, like, pretty easygoing, I can deal with that. I yeah. can deal with that, you know? Yeah. But we have exciting family news. It's not our news. It's already on Facebook. Oh, right. I guess nobody's going to find out from this that doesn't already know. My brother and sister-in-law had their baby. They did. So Sterling's got a new cousin, um, and it was so funny because we were all like, they're totally having a girl, they're totally having a girl, and they had a boy, and it took me like, it took me a minute to be like, what? Like, really? <laughs> like, they didn't find out ahead of time either, but I don't know, I really thought they were having a girl. Me too, I was like, they're going to break the cycle because 
every single friend of theirs in Australia has boys. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, when we went there for their it's wedding. It's like a serious sausage fest. Only girl. Yeah. It was all just baby boys yeah. or little boys. Boys, boys, boys forever. Yeah. And then I was like, yeah, they're going to break the cycle. They're going to have the one girl. No, another boy. Yeah. I think it has to do with the heat. Like, maybe, like, if male that's sperm tr- are hardier, so they survive. But maybe, that, wouldn't that mean that, like, the whole country would have more men than women? But maybe in general? it does. I mean, I know world... Have you looked into it? Yeah, I know that worldwide there are actually more women than men. Okay. But I don't know about Australia specifically. Anyways. But maybe that's just because more men join the army and die at war. I think it has more to do with uh, life expectancy, that men die earlier. Hmm. Anyways, um, <laughs> because sexism kills guys. <laughs> well, there is such a thing as toxic masculinity, but that's a whole other podcast. Um, he's just—he's beautiful. He's so cute. He's super cute. He—I like babies that are like. There's babies that are like, okay, they're cute because it's like, okay, you just look like a baby, like Gerber babies. Mm-hmm. But then I like babies that are like have personality in their face. Yeah, he and I can't—I can't get over how much he looks like both of them. Mm-hmm. He's just, I can't, it's like killing every part of me that I can't like meet him in person for a long time. But um, he's beautiful and I'm so excited for them and they're so happy and they're like really seem to be adjusting well. And yeah. I'm just really excited. They're doing great. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh my God, now it's me next. <laughs> I'm like actually starting to think about the fact that I actually have to push a person out of me and. Yeah, you do. Do that. So. What is your ideal birth circumstance home 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 and anything else i want a birth pool i basically want your birth but not as fast (laughs) and no hemorrhage (laughs) okay yeah all right that's i mean if i can choose what do you think would be helpful for me to do for you while you're birthing that's a weird question no it's not they asked that when we did our prenatal class. Well, you know what I need when I'm, like, in pain. You're never in pain. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> well, You're I don't know. Like, I'm like, fine. I'm not. I, I will need you. I'm just going to need you to be there with me and, like, tell me that I can do it and that I'm fine. Okay, and that the so baby's I'll be like, fine. you can do it. You are fine. <laughs> I didn't say You're talk like, to me like a uh, robot. You're fine. <laughs> no. Like, what What was I saying to you when you were giving birth? I don't remember. I don't know well, what you can go said. back and listen to it because we know. have a recording of it. I was telling you that you're doing great. That's what you want. In okay, very, so then you in want very positive in... affirmations. You don't yes. want me to tell you that you're fine. No, I mean that everything's fine. Not that I'm fine. Like Not like you're fine, but like everything is great. The baby's healthy. You're doing wonderful you know, like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I know there's, I know what I don't want. I don't want, um, I don't want a bunch of cervical checks. I don't want people telling me how dilated I am because I think that information is fucking useless. Um, because you can literally go from like two centimeters to 10 in one contraction. So hearing that is, I think, for a lot of people, very discouraging at the beginning. Okay. So I have some questions. Mm-hmm. Do you want bagpipes as your birth music? No. Okay. Do you want me to clip? <laughs> no, I'm just going to say no to everything no. you're going to say. No, the answer I is like across the board is no. Do you no. want me to clip a book light to your pelvic bone so we can all see what's going on? To my pelvic bone? So we can all see what's going on down there. No. Okay. I didn't even look. I couldn't even, I couldn't see Sterling coming out of you because of the position you were in. Maybe lack of book light? No, it was because you were on all fours and I was at, I was facing you and the baby came out behind you, basically. Okay. Do you want medium-sized koi fish in the birth pool? Medium-sized. Just. If any of you could see my face right now, the lack of, I am unimpressed. You're just being a dink. I don't. I think having koi fish in the pool might be relaxing. Is that why you had them? They are a symbol of strength for the Japanese. Oh, God, and I don't know. Of course, I don't want fish in the fucking birth pool. Okay. Well, I don't know. If 
I don't ask. The only thing I'm not sure Wait, about. No. No, shut up. Do you want me to dye the water in the birth pool a certain color? No, because then you can't see how much blood comes out. And that's stupid. Okay, no. Oh hey, listen to this. <laughs> Angie. We, we dye it blue. Then how purple it is when the red comes in no. is how you tell. No. Oh, okay. I might just not want you there. I don't know. <laughs> Fucker. I think we have a message from a listener. Where'd my phone go? I don't know. It's right in front of you. Literally right in front of your face. It has a dinosaur puking rainbows on it. You can't see it. Okay, so this is from Ashley. She says, Jackie and Angie, thank you for taking time and podcasting. It is so nice to listen to another two-mom family. Angie, my mom, has, according to two therapists I've seen, a personality disorder, possibly narcissist. All right, so she's got a mom with some issues. Um, so she connects with you. Um, Holla, hear ya. And is just empathizing about that. So I maybe don't need to go into all the details about her mom. Um <clears throat> When I hear, she says, where I hear your stories about your mom, I think, wow, I'm not the one. I'm not the only one, I guess. Jackie, con- congratulations and kudos to you for doing what's best for you and the baby. I can't imagine what you were going through. I'm glad your midwife is awesome and that you have lots of support. Well, thank you. Um, I think it is, it has been kind of a struggle for me to just accept that this is what I need. Um, I always put a lot of pressure on myself and I think it's just part of the way I was raised and sort of given this message always as as a person growing up that you just need to suck it up and like deal with it and push through and that's not always what's best for you <laughs> no not if you're pregnant and that's really been like a a very big lesson this whole year because I've been on a stress leave from work and then having this sort of more difficult pregnancy which I mean in the grand scheme of things not that bad some women have it much 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 worse um but yeah, it's really been like this huge lesson this year of like this past year of like you need to just do what's best for you. Sometimes that's not push through and like fucking grin and bear it. Um, so it's it's nice to kind of be in a position where I feel okay with it now. But I did feel guilty for a while, for a long time, I think. Um, but yeah, it's I'm trying I'm trying to like appreciate it and get what I can out of it and it's been really cool spending this much time with Sterling at first it was really hard just because of the effort it was requiring but now it's becoming a little bit easier and I'm really getting some fun awesome bonding time with her and she's just such a cool little person Mm -hmm. it's brought up some stuff for Ange though me being home with Sterling yeah it's it was kind of I didn't realize or I kind of came to this this conclusion one day when I was like oh my god this is not what I expected I did not expect Jackie to be home all day with Sterling and me to be going away to work I kind of always had this vision of me kind of being the primary caregiver and so I kind of started to get really sad about all the time that I was missing with her and and resentful resentful that yeah it wasn't me yeah we went through a little bit of a a thing about that it was sort of like I think there was just so much pressure on you. And then on top of that, you were feeling jealous that I was getting all this time and you weren't and you missed her and it was coming out kind of sideways at me. Um, so we had a we kind of had a fight and then like a really good talk about it afterwards. Yeah, because I didn't I kind of felt and this probably wasn't the case, but I was worried that it was like Jackie was doing all the parenting and then I was coming as like an add on mm-hmm. who's then I would be like, OK, what? what do we do about Sterling when this happens? And instead of it being more mutual, I felt like it was you. And then I would come along and. Which is so not how it was. I think it was just your emotions coloring sort of everything. Yeah. Because I, I I think because I know how important parenting is to you. And because I like, we chose to have kids together because I really wanted to be a parent with you. I never wanted to be in charge of everything. Um, I did my I have done and do my best to like we FaceTime you every lunchtime and we I tell you like every little detail of the day and try and take videos and pictures and like really include you in the whole 
things. So then when you were like, this is this isn't fair, like it's you're getting all this time and I get nothing and you were basically accusing me of like taking your role essentially. Mm-hmm. Which was like whoa. <laughs> I didn't want this. I definitely didn't ask to have like a difficult pregnancy and then not be able to work. I would have preferred to have like an easier pregnancy and still have my regular life, you know? Yeah. Um, so it was just, you know, it was just a thing that needed to be addressed. Yeah. And we came up with a good solution, which was that I have Sundays with her all to myself and we can go and do our swimming lessons and then I can do whatever I want with her. Yeah. Because we realized that like both, I mean, it serves two purposes. I never get any time to myself ever. And Angie never got any time with Sterling alone. So it works well, I think. Yeah. And it was also a matter of like reminding her because she would, you know, you feel a lot of pressure when you only have a weekend to do all these things. So she would fill up her weekend with like, I'm going to visit my mom and I'm going to see these people and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And you would do so many things on the weekend that you really didn't get a lot of quality time with her. So it was like, we need to slow down and like put things in perspective well, it wasn't here. just me it would also be like your family would want to come over and visit and i'd be like yeah totally because well and after- that's great for sterling too but then yeah. afterwards i'd be like okay so now it's sunday night and i feel like i haven't actually hung out with sterling much because yeah. everyone's been over and you know yeah you just you really weren't you were putting yourself at the bottom of the list when it came to like quality time with her and that's so we just refocused so angie gets sundays with sterling and like we do a lot of stuff, I think. I think you do a really good job of connecting with her after work. Um, it's It was also hard for a while there, too, because you have these, like, certain stretches and bouts of working late, mm-hmm. which makes it difficult. But, you know, you'll if you have to work until 7, you don't go until 11. So then you get the morning with her and just trying to, like, fit in quality time wherever you can. Yeah. Um. But I'd never wanted to be a stay-at-home mom, and it's weird. And I do. I know. It's so not fair. But I keep reminding you, that's where, that's the goal. That's why you're becoming a photographer, so that you can do that eventually. You won't have to work nine to five. You won't have to be gone every day. You will be around for more stuff. That's right. So that's... Anyone needs any photography in the Lower Mainland. Oh, yes. photography.com. For reals. And if you know anyone who knows anyone who knows anyone who needs photography, like, get the word out because then we can live our best life. I might even give them a discount if they mention the Baby Mamas podcast. Ooh, you should. That's, mm-hmm. that's I do weddings. I do maternity, engagement, family shoots, whatever you want. Headshots? Headshots. I'll do it. Yep. Pictures of your vagina? Sure. Why not? If that's what your heart desires, Angie will do it. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so I think it's just like, it was a good time to kind of refocus on what's important to us and what we needed and what we weren't getting because there has been so much focus recently on like just getting by that it was like, oh, okay, now that we're like kind of doing better, we can talk about what's missing. So yeah, things are good with us. We're we're trying. <laughs> we talk about you guys all the time. <laughs> we talk about how we don't record. Well, we have been, yeah, just the sicknesses. We haven't been yeah. able to. We tried one day and we started to record and Jackie just kept coughing so much that I was like, this is pointless. Yeah. Let's just stop because I can't, I ha- I don't want to edit anymore. Yeah. So I can't just put this out for the listeners to like blow out their eardrums because you keep coughing into the microphone like a mm-hmm. gross, disgusting human. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's it. The end. So that's our lives. Yeah. So we'll catch you at some point in the next, you know, two to eight weeks, probably. We don't, we don't have a mom story. <laughs> what do you mean? Do we? What do you mean a mom story? Well, normally we have a... A story about your mom? A story about my mom, but I don't think we have one. Um, oh, how about this one? She decided it was a really good idea to buy me clothing. But you haven't seen it yet, so it's not even a story. Okay, but I, the story is, A, Ange has told her multiple times not to buy me clothes. Because I can't even buy me clothes. Like, I'm short. I'm very curvy. It's just not, like, just don't. Anyway, she can't fucking help herself. 
So she bought me a dress of all things, which I never wear. I never wear dresses, like literally never wear dresses. And it's not even a maternity dress, but it's very stretchy and it has a cowl neck. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. I think I know what it looks like. I think it's probably like a sweater dress. Yeah. (laughs) And it's going to be hideous. I'm not. ribbed. Yeah. And I'm not somebody that wears like bodycon stuff. (laughs) Like that's not me. You're not Kim Kardashian. No, I'm not going to be comfortable in it. I'm going to hate it. And we keep trying to get, her mom was like freaking out about trying to give it to us and wanted to like just, she wanted to take a cab from New Westminster to downtown Vancouver to give me the dress. I was like, first of all, that's so expensive and stupid and we're busy. And I just was like, can you just like somehow pick it up without me there so I don't have to like pretend that I like it? Tomorrow. Oh my God. She's going to make me try it on. It's, oh God. It's going to be so bad. Oh man. I'm just going to pretend to be really sick. So I'll be be like, I'll try and record it it for you guys. Oh fuck. I'll try and record it. It's going to be hideous. Do you want your birth recorded? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You well, I don't. We'll Kendall's, a, Kendall's already said she's going to do a birth video for us. Yeah, but that's not for the podcast. I'm sure you could take the audio from it or something, no, can't you? No, it'll be different. She'll like put music behind it, and make it sound really nice. We yeah. need the, like the rawness like mine was like yeah. primal screaming. Yeah, no, I craziness. do. I really do. I want it. Yeah, it's the only and that's the thing I keep thinking like this is the only time I'm doing this. I want to know what it was like. Because I think for you, it was really interesting and it like kind of gave you a different perspective on it because you weren't aware of what was going on around you. You were like so inside yourself and I'm expecting it'll be something like that for me. Okay, we got to go because I have to pee so bad. This baby is like jumping on my bladder or something. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Let's just not do the podcast at all. <laughs> Your baby mama's Thanks for listening to the Baby Mamas Podcast. Make sure to like them on Facebook and give them a great review on iTunes. Have a good day.